Astronomers around the world are eagerly anticipating the transit of Venus tomorrow. Later on the program, we'll hear what all the fuss is about. But first, we have a special transit of Venus geo-quiz for you. We're looking for a spot on Earth named after the second planet from the sun. It's in the South Pacific, in French Polynesia, on the island of Tahiti. In fact, it's the northern tip of Tahiti. That spot is where British explorer James Cook famously went to observe the transit of Venus in 1769. What Captain Cook saw through his telescope helped shape our understanding of the solar system. So, can you name this peninsula of black sand at the northern tip of Tahiti? The answer is coming up in a few minutes. I'm Marco Werman, and this is The World. It's not going to happen again for another century or so. I'm talking about the transit of Venus. The transit happens when Venus passes between the Earth and the Sun. In a few minutes, we'll hear more about what that'll look like during tomorrow's transit of Venus. But I want to go back first to a previous transit, the one we mentioned today in our GeoQuiz. June 1769, and Britain's Captain James Cook was in Tahiti to witness the transit of Venus. Back then, it was more than a curiosity. Scientists were trying to answer a key question. How far away is the sun? Mark Anderson has written about that quest in a new book called The Day the World Discovered the Sun. Anderson says that in 1769, sky watchers scattered to different locations around the globe. And in each place, they measured the time it took for Venus to cross the sun's face. They measured it in the Arctic and they measured it in the tropics. When you compare those durations, then you can do some clever triangulation to find the distances. Not just the distance to the sun, but the distance from every planet. Um, Because once you've solved that first problem, you know now the size scale of the solar system. And that's what your book takes on the day the world discovered the sun, this kind of uh, race in 1769. Uh, More than 100 people all over the world carefully tracking Venus as it it moved across the face of the sun. Um, You focus on three characters, very compelling characters. Tell us a bit about these men and their respective expeditions. Well, Captain Cook is the most famous. He was pulled out of obscurity, really, um, a lieutenant who was sent out to Tahiti, this newly quote-unquote discovered island. So he carried a a ship full of scientists and naval officers and and others. And his counterpart in France was an equally compelling character, although a little more obscure. His name was Jean-Baptiste Chapeau de Roche, a a mouthful of a name, but (laughs) everyone called him Shop. And he traveled to the Baja Peninsula. Um, His counterpart in Austria was a Jesuit friar by the name of Hell, um, Friar Maximilian Hell. Great name. He traveled with an assistant named Janos Scheinovich, at the invitation of the King of Denmark to above the Arctic Circle to this remote Norwegian outpost named Vardo. Well, it, it, Captain James Cook didn't have an easy time in, in Tahiti. Um, in your book, you include some actually hilarious accounts of, of what he and his men experienced. In fact, a, a key instrument for observing the transit of Venus, uh, his sextant was stolen and dismantled by the locals. What, what was going on there? Well, the Tahitians greatly valued metal, not just precious metals, but even things like iron and brass. 
some of the Tahitian women would trade anything for even just nails. Trade anything like a, a night of friendly companionship? Yeah, exactly. Right. And in fact, Captain Cook, although he knew this go going in, and he put strict prohibitions on his men for trading with the locals, nevertheless, just as backup, he kept a couple extra barrels of nails. Right. So how did he get the sextant back? Well, this involved some careful uh, diplomacy with the locals. Some of his uh, science team went on shore, and they had kind of this back and forth with uh, with the, the local chief. They went inland to talk to some of the people that they suspected had stolen it. And the Marines were coming, the Marines who had been on Captain Cook's ship, but it was this diplomacy that that worked before before the Marines arrived. Right. Um, the story of Captain Cook's expedition could be could have been very different had had this uh, little diplomatic mission not succeeded in returning the sextant. So uh, tell us where in Tahiti uh, Captain James Cook uh, made his observations uh, for this transit of Venus. Well, it's it's a spot on the island uh, and it's called Point Venus. Um, and he named it that um, for obvious reasons. Yeah. Yes. And so this was where they had set up their fort and where they'd set up their observatory. So Point Venus in Tahiti is the answer to our geo-quiz today. Um, you describe the global effort to observe the 1769 transit of Venus as the first international big science project, similar to today's International Space Station or the Large Hadron Collider. Explain what you mean. Well, this was the first time that science had looked beyond international borders in a in a you know in a large way to collaborate on this one essential problem so it was a matter of sending scores of observers to different parts of the earth and then they all communicated their results back to a central clearinghouse in london and in paris then people collated all those results and got some, uh, you know, and some amazing science was done as a result. Well, right. So how accurate was the estimate of the distance to the sun once all the data was collated? The problem was that there were so many observers that, in fact, there were more than 100 results that were reported back to London and Paris. And so what some people did is they just kind of took everything and they threw it into a hopper um, and out came not so great results. Mm. Um, but if you took the very best, as one astronomer, Thomas Hornsby at Oxford University did, he, he found results that we today can look at and say, wow, he got it at better than 99% accuracy. Mm. Mark Anderson is author of the new book, The Day the World Discovered the Sun. Mark, thanks so much. Thank you. You can see Mark Anderson reading from his book, The Day the World Discovered the Sun, at theworld.org. Well, let's go to Point Venus in Tahiti now. That's where the senior contributing editor of Sky and Telescope magazine will be watching tomorrow's astronomical event. Kelly Beatty joins us from Tahiti. How close are you, Kelly, to where Captain Cook made his observations? Marco, I have the black sand of Point Venus between my toes. I'm a few feet away from a replica of the fort that Captain Cook directed to make his observations, and it's really a beautiful morning here. So the transit can typically be seen from a pretty wide patch of geography. What are the probabilities that the same ideal viewing spot would be this location in Tahiti? Well, you know, these things happen in pairs eight years apart and then not again for a century. And because they last so long, about six and a half hours for the little dot of Venus to cross the sun, the Earth is turning in a whole section of the Earth. Most of it, in fact, turns into view of the sun and can see this event as it happens. Someone may not see the beginning or the end or the entire thing, but they'll see at least a part of it. And will people in the United States be able to see the transit of Venus tomorrow? Absolutely. On the East Coast, the event begins at about 6 o'clock in the afternoon and runs until sunset. 
on the West Coast, because of the time zone difference, it will begin at 3 o'clock and run until sunset. So they'll actually get to see more of it. How can you watch it safely? We don't want anybody looking directly at the sun. There are all kinds of safe ways to do it. One is to create a pinhole camera. Another is to use special viewing glasses, not sunglasses. These are special glasses made for looking at the sun. And a third way is just to let the sun stream through one side of, say, a pair of binoculars onto a white car, projecting an image of the sun. Uh, If you've got really acute eyesight, you might be able to pick up Venus, but most people will do much better trying to project an image either onto a white card or a wall or something like that. And you say you've got to have pretty good eyesight. I mean, just what does Venus appear like when this happens? It is literally like a black BB against the sun, about 3% of the sun's diameter. This kind of gives you a sense of the scale of the solar system. Venus is a planet almost the same size as Earth, and yet it's completely dwarfed by the disk of the sun. And so it will be a very small dot seen against the brilliant disk of the sun. What is the fascination for modern-day astronomers with the transit of Venus? Is there still a lot to be learned about the solar system during the transit? Well, as you heard in the interview, you know, the reason for all the excitement about this back in the 1700s was trying to determine the scale of the solar system. These days, the scientific inquiry is a little more pointed. Venus, by going in front of the sun, mimics what is happening in distant solar systems which have other planets around them. And so literally, by studying this event intensely, astronomers will have a leg up in trying to understand other worlds in other solar systems very, very far away. Now, Tahiti, it's not the same place it was in Captain Cook's time. Can you imagine what it was like back then in 1769? Captain Cook was the third European ship to visit Tahiti. It had only recently been discovered by the Europeans, and the inhabitants here were very friendly toward uh, Cook and his crew. And I find it a little bit ironic that given that warm welcome he got, he still felt compelled to build an actual fort and fortifications to surround the... uh, the telescope and, uh, and his men. It may be that he felt there would be excitement among the people there, just as there is today. I can tell you that here at Point Venus, they have knocked themselves out getting ready for this event. There will be events all day tomorrow, including, obviously, viewing of the transit, but there will be dancing and uh, speeches, certainly a great carnival atmosphere. The next opportunity will be 2117 to see a transit of Venus. You and I, Kelly, won't be around. That's life, literally. But do you know the best viewing location for 2117? You got me stumped there, Marco. I haven't looked that far ahead in my planner there. But I will tell you that it will happen in December. And so I would think that Tahiti in December would be another logically good place to go if it's visible from here. All right. We'll leave that one for the geo quiz in 2117. Kelly Beatty from Sky and Telescope magazine at Point Venus. Kelly, thanks a lot. Always a pleasure, Marco. Take care. We have pictures of the 2004 transit of Venus, Captain Cook's drawings of the 1769 transit, and a video extra with science journalist Mark Anderson reading from his book, The Day the World Discovered the Sun. It's all at theworld.org. And by the way, if you were wondering how far the Earth is from the sun, the answer to that is just about 93 million miles.